Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi everybody and welcome back to this series of Headstrong, a podcast where I sit down with a variety of people in the public eye to talk to them about their life but most importantly their experiences with vulnerability to try and get you on a path to becoming headstrong, to believe in yourself, to talk about your vulnerabilities and reinforce your self-worth. This second series is a Rugby World Cup special, so I am sitting down exclusively with rugby players, both past and present, to talk to them about their experiences in the world of rugby and around it. So I really hope you enjoy this inspiring episode. This is a very special episode to me of Headstrong because I am sat opposite one of my very, very good friends that I went to school with for five years uh, and subsequently also went to university with, James McRae. Hello, sir. Hi, Louis. How are you? I'm well. It's <laughs> quite, quite a weird experience, really. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, yeah. Oh, thanks for coming on and agreeing to do it. It's very last minute from me. I'm, I apologise. No, no, thanks, thanks for inviting me. We're actually back in the uh, a drama building down here at Exeter University, um, which is bringing back all the mems. <laughs> but no, it's, uh, it's good fun. Um, but thank you, yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, well, first of all, do you want to just say where you're playing currently? Yeah, to um, everyone scrolling through. Yeah. Ben Morgan, Ollie Thorley, yeah. Matt Van Han, James, James McRae. James McRae. Who, who is this guy? Uh, yeah, hi, hi Mum. <laughs> yeah, the only one that's listening. Uh, <laughs> Henners. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I, uh, my name's James, and I currently am signed to the Exeter Chiefs in the, in the academy there, in the senior academy, uh, and I'm on loan at the moment to the Cornish Pirates down in Penzance um, so that's where my rugby uh, is at at the moment love it oh, this, I'm so excited for this episode <laughs> literally because I, I, I know a lot about you James but I don't know much actually about your rugby Do you know the story uh, exactly the journey okay everybody it's not, on. it's not much of a it's not much of a tale it's uh, it well, is a tale well, to me well yeah so maybe. 
Um, I'm 23. You are also 23. Yeah. Uh, James and I met 10 years ago now uh, when yeah, we man, both. Mental. That is mental. Ten actually, years. Isn't it? Uh, we met uh, at boarding school. Yeah. And we went to school together and we became very, very close. Um, Did a lot we of drama in, together. Exactly. Yeah. So you, your interests always didn't lie in rugby. Yeah. We spent a lot of time. Prancing around the stage. Um, you're also a very good singer, actually. No, I'm not. No, I'm, I just I just enjoy singing, and uh, usually in the shower by myself. And if I do it in public, then usually I get scolded by whoever's listening. Actually, I do remember whenever there was a musical number when there were multiple people singing. You have the loudest yeah. voice compared to anyone. And also, when we went to watch the theatre, like if we were sitting next to each other. <laughs> Everyone would turn people, around people and see shy, you because you away. were laughing. <laughs> oh, god! Yeah. But yeah, so loud. Have you always played rugby? Uh, no, no. So um, I grew up doing uh, football and horse riding. So my mum is basically um, a, a big horse rider, and that was the thing that me and my brother did when we were younger to kind of bond with mum. Um, and so we spent many, many years uh, doing that, and I spent a lot of years going to, uh, a lot of my early years going to football um, at uh, my kind of local local clubs um, with dad. Dad used to take us down. He was a footballer. He'd never played rugby, didn't kind of, I think he watched a bit of rugby, but wasn't that interested. Um, and kind of it was only when uh, it was probably, what, year four or five at school when I started playing. And... Uh, I was always the biggest kid, so naturally I kind of um, was was put in the rugby team. Was like, yeah, he, he's probably going to be quite good at rugby, um, or he's big enough. So, um, so that was kind of the start, and um, yeah, and and from there, kind of did a lot of sports, um, anything from kind of water polo um, at school, um, swimming. Uh, yeah, the the horse riding stuff. Uh, I did triathlon, which is uh, which is uh, horse riding, running, shooting, pistol like pistol shooting yeah. and swimming. It's like the it's like a and tone, swimming. Off yeah, the, oh, yeah, well, you get off the horse it, and go for a swim. So it's not quite. It's, it's like the modern pentathlon, basically, which is in the Olympics. So yeah. it's that those four events plus fencing as well, but it's without the fencing element of it. I see. So uh, yeah, it was a yeah a multi faceted. Because obviously, when not I very talented first, at many of them. <laughs> you are. You're very. You're very. Well, you've got good hand-eye coordination, obviously, uh, and exceptionally talented and gifted at sport. But my first memory of you, I think, was I, it was in first year at boarding school, and we. I met you, and I was like, "Holy shit, he's big!" That is my first memory of you. So <laughs> yeah, you yeah, definitely yeah. hit the nail on the head. What? Because you're you're still a big guy, but when you first got to boarding school. You haven't really grown in height that much. No, you've just, obviously built out and <laughs> filled your bones. Yeah, just to, um, yeah, reached my um, my kind of peak at uh, at age thirteen. Yeah, no, or, or, well, no, not almost, uh, almost. But uh, basically, I think I was probably about six foot one at thirteen. Yeah, and what um, was that? Even at prep school, you you were obviously you I was know, always the biggest ever since kind of five or six, probably aged five or six. I was just the big one. Um, so it's. Yeah, it's been interesting playing rugby as everyone's caught up with me. Um, not always enjoyable. Used to be, used to kind of, mm-hmm. I used to go through people and now I have to um, go uh, go around them a bit more. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, and so we got, when we were at school, you were pretty much catapulted into the, the front of rugby at school and pretty swiftly I think maybe when you were 15 or 16 you were playing in the ones for the the with the 17 and 18 year olds right 
Uh, oh, I, I trained with them. I, I don't think I ever played uh, in the first team when I was uh, sort of a, a year early. My dad was actually quite uh, insistent about that. He didn't oh, want really? me playing with like older guys, which is probably probably fair enough because um, I, even though I was big, I wasn't kind of uh, that strong. I hadn't really been in the gym or anything like that, and so um, you know that was kind of his decision. I wasn't. Uh, no, that's, uh, that's 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 uh, that was what it was. Look, knowing that you were such a, or, or like of such dominance in terms of size, did you feel like a sort of pressure from the early ages of thirteen, fourteen, fifteen to always be that kind of ball carrier, that leader? I mean, you are you've always been a, a natural leader, but did you feel that pressure on your shoulders to be that standout player, game in, game out? Uh, I think. Obviously, being physically bigger than everyone else at that time meant that. I maybe subconsciously had a had a kind of thing of of being being the one that takes on the majority of the carries or the bit of leadership or whatever um but ultimately it's it's a team game rugby so I feel like most of the time I was just glad to be part of the team and uh you know being uh, or enjoying the the rugby itself what was the school setup like in terms of rugby? Because um, whilst I did play rugby, I was not in the top teams whatsoever. But I, what was the um, the kind of structure like in the approach to rugby when you when we were at school? Uh, it was pretty barbar style, kind of just most of the time, just you know, go out and play. Um, was and the, what was the coaching like and stuff like that? Did we have a gym? Like a, you had a rugby gym, right? Uh, we did for, for our last year, literally the fin- final year of sixth form. That was the first year that we had a gym. Um, with kind of any form of we- any forms of, of weights, um, free weights, stuff like that. So I kind of came into that pretty late. So I was sort of like seventeen, basically eighteen when I was first doing my weights programs. Where you know, whereas I know a lot of the guys um, that I'm playing with now, you know, they started a lot earlier than that. Um, and so uh, yeah, that was that was all a bit sort of alien to me. I never kind of really saw that side of rugby. It was just a game that I played with my mates um, and that you enjoyed. at school and that I had fun with, yeah. Yeah, totally. But it wasn't all about enjoyment. You were eventually picked to represent uh, England, England under 16 A's. Yeah. Do you want to just tell a little bit about maybe, maybe the structure of that and, and also how, how, did, how did you get, a lot, get into that? Was that um, being scouted or do you apply to that kind of thing? I don't really know the... the no, so basi- basically it's through the county system when it's, when it's that age group. So it's the first uh, age group that you can be capped at. I'm sure pr- probably most people listening know that. You can get capped at under-16s, under-18s, under-20s uh, and senior level for uh, all, you know, England, Scotland, Wales, whatever. And basically at that age, um, all the counties kind of play each other and then you're split into four divisions, southwest, southeast, midlands, north and... Uh, then all of those regions play each other and then the squads are kind of uh, taken from those uh, regional squads. And basically that year I was playing for Berkshire, my county got picked for the South West, um, was then meant to play in this tournament, but it got called off. Um, and so all of the boys, all four groups, went into one kind of camp uh, for a, a weekend, I think it was, at, at Stowe School. And basically... I was very lucky there. I had a really good game in one of the trial games and just kind of got noticed. I don't think I'd been noticed at all before um, and got picked uh, in the basically the second team. So uh, I didn't get capped at 16s level, but it was the kind of first um, time. Yeah, the first time that I'd been with uh, very good players all around me 
um, and I kind of I really relish that. It's quite difficult to maybe stand out as like you say it is a team sport but individually they are looking to pick you know and build that best team is that is there a lot of pressure because obviously there was a that was that one camp yeah to basically decide this team yeah. for the year i guess and obviously yeah. you can get ups and downs and whatever injuries but that's quite a lot of pressure on a 16 year old shoulders no yeah maybe i think it was a it was a strange time because yeah obviously everyone wants to get in the team everyone's trying their hardest uh and it was a, it was very strange because for the coaches as well because they're used to having um, a very specific setup of, of games running into the selection and and so it was it was a bit of a strange year and it kind of just it all happened very quickly I think I think as a young guy there wasn't that much time to to think about it but uh, I do certainly remember it as the first time that I thought wow okay I'm I can mix it at this level you know I'm I'm able to 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 stick with these guys and you know. Uh, I, I was disappointed when I wasn't selected for the top team, as everyone is, obviously, because you always think that you know you, you're capable of playing at that level or the, or the top level. And so, um, but it must have been reassuring yeah. to have already been in that mix of players, anyway. I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so, with a name like McCree, um I am also correct in saying that there was maybe a time where you were considering um, playing elsewhere. Well. Uh, I don't know. Considering is is the right word. I Sorry. Think. No, no, no. Please. <laughs> Basically, I'm uh, uh, I'm a bit Welsh. I'm a bit Scottish, and I'm a bit English. My grandma is Welsh. My grandpa and dad um, have Scottish roots, and mum's side is completely English. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a, as an age group kind of athlete going through that that pathway after the under sixteen stuff, you know, I wasn't picked up at all which was really disappointing in terms of um, I played those games for the under 60 we were called England South that year that was the name for that sort of second team and after I played those games which I played very well in uh, I was man of the match in one of them amazing and uh, and the second one I I was yeah I I think I played well anyway I was told that I played alright and then nothing ever came of that so I saw guys around me that were in my team going on to um playing the England under 17s kind of set up in between there and uh, and the under 18s and kind of never never got uh, a call or or any inkling from anyone that uh, that I was kind of in the mix and so basically and that was the same with with the Scotland with Scotland stuff and the the Wales stuff so basically I, I think I got a call from the Scottish exiles and I did a couple of Scottish exile camps um which is like the branch for anyone obviously not in Scotland mm. um, of that age group and it just wasn't picked up basically um, which just you know happens and it happens to most people obviously and uh, there are very few that kind of can play uh, rugby f- for your country uh, under 16 under 18 uh, any age group um, and so I was just one of the ones that kind of got overlooked basically yeah totally so back to school you were I obviously said earlier that you are and were um a leader at the school so you're ahead of the the well, part of the prefects team so to speak um but looking back at school I'm, i think maybe my experience is slightly different um but there was always maybe a, an elevation of status and power with being in the 15 at school how would you how would you talk about that um i think in our school environment i think we were quite lucky to go to a school where lots of different things were celebrated um you could be the head of the the chess team and and you would still kind of get a bit of uh, respect from from your kind of fellow students um 
and especially because you know rugby wasn't even the, the main sport football cricket these were you know hockey even were probably bigger sports in terms of um, uh, the focus of, of the school and so I, I yeah I, I don't think I ever kind of felt any uh, any kind of extra I don't know privilege from being in that team not no. you personally no. <laughs> <laughs> actually no one actually springs to mind no, so. Maybe not. Um, so actually I remember this now so as mentioned James and I went to University of Exeter together as well I remember actually maybe I was more thinking of taking a day off to be honest but I went down to the University of Exeter open day which we were both there on the same day yeah and we were walking what's called through um, the forum. So in Exeter, this room for the listeners is basically where the library is. There's a, a few outlets for eating and having a drink and whatever. And some also some seminar rooms, because obviously you are there to work. Very important. <laughs> um, but obviously you went over to the sports desk because one of the most important things when you were choosing your university was what is the the rugby setup like yeah. and so you went over to I assume the head of sport head of rugby and had a chat to him uh, how important was it to have um, not not necessarily a scholarship but have that you know input of of structure for rugby at university yeah pretty important I definitely remember it being a big part of the, the process I never thought about being a professional rugby player or anything like that beforehand it was always just going to be a fun thing that I was going to do at university um, I was with the London Irish Academy for a bit from sort of ages 15 to 18 and and wasn't offered a contract there and, and kind of had just thought well you know rugby's going to be this thing that I'm going to do you know for, for enjoyment you know I really love being part of a team and you know when I was kind of looking at universities I thought to myself well where can I try and get a good education and play good rugby and the kind of two main ones that that came up were Durham and Exeter uh, and I ended up applying uh, to both I, I had Durham as my first choice Exeter as my second choice and uh, fortunately or unfortunately at the time I uh, missed my maths grade by one by one grade to to get into Durham um, and so and uh, so Exeter kind of was my was my backup and I was pretty happy with either either university and so I kind of well I, rem- I that. remember that it was the summer of 2014 and we were in Edinburgh putting on a, a show putting on a musical um, and I remember that day it was the 14th of August 2014 and I remember when you got your results and every it's so difficult because everyone was like celebrating by the sense of just like oh we've got our results but like you were obviously naturally gutted at the time yeah because you yeah. hadn't hit I think it was one mark, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, well, I, like a I, I, I needed an A, and I got a B, and, yeah. and basically, um, I had my heart set on Durham, and that had been my kind of thing, and I'd been working towards that for a while, um, and it hadn't happened. And so, did you call them up and say, "Come on, give give me a chance. I've got the got this rugby coming <laughs> with me as well." Did no, like genuinely. Yeah, yeah, I did, I did, but it just it, it wasn't it just to be. didn't it didn't materialise. Um, and luckily, it didn't. Yeah, luckily, very luckily. Uh, Weird how. To, Life Open arms, out. welcomed you in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, so that was funny, and uh, it's amazing how yeah. things happen for a reason. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Um, so we got da- you got down here to Exeter, as did I, obviously. Um, how important was the rugby setup here in your kind of approach to university life? Because obviously you had a lot more time to focus on perhaps outside of rugby stuff, not on the pitch. So your strength and conditioning, uh, your mental uh, approach to rugby as well. Like, how was it down here compared to the school setup, and how much more important was it here? Yeah, 
uh, it was a massive step up just because I think beforehand I'd always seen yeah rugby as, as this fun thing and I'd been part of a team and and when I got to university the first thing that struck me we turned up for our freshers session and there were extra chiefs there you know basically straight Can off you the remember bat. anyone uh, I think Ian Whitton was there Kai Horseman um Julian Salvi you know some really some kind of big names in terms of Premiership rugby I mean yeah Julian Salvi had been at Leicester for years and was a and then come over to Exeter and done really well I think even Tom Tom Waldron was there as well so you know immediately off the bat I was like oh my god this is this is nuts you know this is really cool um at the the first session and basically um from there just kind of yeah, I thought to myself, well, this this seems like a really cool opportunity just to get better at rugby, to enjoy uh, that, this side of my kind of uni career and uh, just kind of launch myself into it. So you said then that you had no idea maybe at this time that you wanted to take that step into professional rugby. You were obviously here for your education, but you wanted to play rugby, perhaps at a hobby at the time. But when was that flick of the switch? When did you realise okay, now actually I might have an in here and this could well be a way of life for me and I could become a professional rugby player. It was probably in my second year when I had been given the chance to play in one of the A-League games, so like the, the Premiership Shield, I think it's called now, but the, the, the second team, the second Chiefs team, basically. Um, uh, I'd been kind of in and out in terms of training I'd done a couple of training sessions in my first year and I had played a bit of, uh, of sevens I think in the the summer of my uh, after my first year but again it was kind of just like oh this is really cool I'm doing some stuff with Exeter um, didn't think anything would massively come of it and then this opportunity to actually play for them came and I played I played okay um, and then trained sort of as, as the months went on after that trained with uh, the guys a bit more uh, on Fridays uh, with the non-match day squad and kind of over the, probably the course of that second year I kind of started to think well actually you know I, I feel like I'm as good as some of the guys that are here I feel like I could give this a go and it kind of yeah it, it went from there and, and from that in third year I then started playing even more for, for the A-League side and um, was offered uh, a deal in an academy contract in sort of January of my final year of university. That's really cool. Yeah. And now you left. Right. So wait. So you were offered the contract in your third year, or yeah. was it to start once you'd finished? Once I finished. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And then in that you came into the Exeter Academy, and you, as you said at the beginning, you now play a lot for Cornish Pirates, and so they are just just. Say to people who might not know the affiliation between the Cornish Pirates and the Chiefs. Uh, well, the two southwest uh, teams in the kind of top two uh, top two leagues, um, very kind of his- historically steeped clubs. The Pirates have had, uh, I think, three or four British Lions play for them uh, back in the day. Yeah, serious, serious I didn't stuff. Know that. Yeah, they had British Lions before Chiefs had had any. Um, Take that, Chiefs. Yeah. So um, <laughs> basically. Uh, the, the kind of the academy system works as as it does with a lot of, a lot of the Premiership clubs, where basically, um, if you're not getting any game time in in the academy, then uh, you get loaned out to clubs in the national leagues or, or the championship. And um, how do you find it down there in Penzance? Uh, it's it's great. It's great in lots of ways. It's it's very different. Um, 
just in terms of the facilities and the the just basically the, the money involved um kind of being able to to look at the professional rugby uh, set up at kind of at one end as Exeter you know competing for premierships at the top of the English game you know lots of England internationals in there and then on, on the other end of the scale it's been really interesting to see a team like the Pirates who are very successful in their own right you know always in the top half of the championship looking to you know one day soon go up into the premiership but in an area of the country that is you know very far away there's um mm. there's no other way to say it down in Penzance um yeah I know it too well perhaps <laughs> it's a very interesting environment um, you know, lots of lots of great quirks about living in Cornwall, and you know the the team is great. We've got a great coaching setup down there. Um, you know, but it's just the case that the facilities uh, are are not not quite the same, and of course that brings with it different challenges and different um, kind of. Uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a different it's a different ride, basically. Um, I suppose you want to be in that. Chiefs team I suppose any well obviously any player wants to be playing in the premiership I totally get that um is it obviously this there's quite a lot with this podcast to do like mentally um and your approach to rugby is it is it difficult sometimes to try and get that breakthrough because obviously you want to be playing as best as you can for the pirates but your maybe your motivation is obviously to win but you do want to progress your career at the end of the day maybe yeah so how sure. difficult is it um you know wanting to keep your career going and play to the best of your abilities and stuff well, I think it's just a case of taking it week by week, basically. It's, it's pretty cliche, it's very simple, but you get put in this environment in, in Exeter in pre-season, basically, where you're training with everyone, uh, everyone's together, you have this really intense pre-season, and then the lone boys will go off to their clubs, um, whether that's sort of a more local club like a Plymouth, uh, which a lot, of, a lot of the younger guys are at, or... Cornish Pirates where you know I'm down there full time immersed in in the in the Pirates trying to you know play for them and stuff like that and and of course you once you've, you've gotten that taste in pre-season you definitely you know you want to be in that environment you want to be sticking around in Exeter um, but just the the quality of the the squad and the depth of the squad means that you know often that, and there isn't room for for younger guys um, to be getting game time week in and week out and uh, you know I've got to appreciate it in the, in the pecking order of the back row of the Chiefs I'm you know relatively um, uh, far down and so that just means that basically you've, you've got to take your opportunities wherever they come and for me that's come with the Pirates and I've just got to try and um, make sure that I take it week by week I make sure that I'm prepping as I would for the Chiefs for the Pirates um, making sure that you know, I'm trying to bring everything that I that I can to to that team and that environment, and just yeah. But opportun- I mean, opportunities can come out of anything, though. I mean, the fact that you didn't go to Durham and you ended up here is already proved. You've proved to yourself that you uh, that was maybe a, one of the best things that has happened to you yeah, not getting that A because <laughs> you never know you might have gone to Durham and not be playing rugby now you, you could well be doing anything I have no idea yeah sure. um, so I mean silver linings and all but then as well um, you know a few, a few injuries a few solid performances you never know yeah, a career progression I suppose that's the same with what I do you'd never know the, the path that you're actually going to take yeah it's a very interesting environment to be in um, when you're sort of the the small fish in the big pond um being the guy that is 
yeah, not not necessarily the first choice. Um, not going to be the first choice, you know, unless there are a couple of injuries. You have to kind of manage your expectations, and you have to certainly be be mindful that just because you're not being selected doesn't mean that you're not doing well. You know, absolutely. In terms of uh, above me in the pecking order, you guys got guys like you know Don Armand, Sam Simmons, um, Dave Ewers, Mac Mac Vazic. You know, these guys are. England internationals seriously talented individuals and there can't be room for all of you uh, in a team and so you've kind of just got to try and learn as much as you can from those guys try and take as many lessons as you can and basically like you say take any opportunity when it comes because you never know when it's going to come I know know Sam Simmons was down playing for the Cornish Pirates in the same year that we won the Premiership. Basically, he was he was playing for the Pirates, and someone got injured up at Exeter, and he was called up. Uh, he was on the bench, and then you know came came off the bench in the semi final, that really famous semi final when we beat Saracens, scored the winning try in the corner, um, and then we won the final. And so it can happen to you in an instant, but you've you've got to be willing to yeah to wait your turn, which is interesting. Absolutely. Well, I, I've got no doubt that we'll, I'll be seeing you at Sandy Park soon. <laughs> Um, all the men, eh? Come on down to, to Penzance. Yeah, watch the Pirates. Oh, I'll, I'll we've got, we got a great set oh, of fans. You know love, love the Cornish Pirates. I love it. I love it. I'll see you in the long boat. <laughs> That's the only pub I can think of off the top of my yeah, head. The Yachtin. Oh, yeah. L- the Logan Rockin. Okay, okay. okay. Hotel Penzance. <laughs> uh, oh, there's a B&B there that yeah, I've yeah. stayed in before. Um, it's quite arty. Yeah, I'm sure it's there are lots <laughs> of. <laughs> oh, thanks. I thought you were going to say the name. No, no, no. Anyway. Hi everybody, sorry to interrupt the podcast, just a quick word from our two sponsors. Headstrong is very fortunate to have found two amazing sponsors and supporters for Season 2 of Headstrong, the Rugby World Cup Special, forming a brilliant partnership between Headstrong, our chosen charity Restart Rugby and themselves. They cover between them all aspects of global insurance and both have strong historical ties to the wider rugby and well-being communities. Ascot Group is a Bermuda domiciled global specialist in insurance and reinsurance. Built on a foundation of underwriting expertise, but with a culture of collaboration, dedication, empowerment and accountability that is the fabric of the company. Their integrity is reinforced by a strong track record and dedication to clients, brokers and partners. For more information on Ascot Group, visit www.ascotgroup.com. BMS are an entrepreneurial, agile, specialist insurance and reinsurance broker that prides itself on their reputation for exceptional client service and position as one of the leading global brokers. For more information on BMS, visit www.bmsgroup.com. Now, back to the podcast. So... Yeah, well, fingers crossed for you in terms of, you know, I, I, I want you to be playing for the Chiefs. But what is your, what's your kind of approach over the next five years, ten years? Goodness. I know, it's quite going in deep there. No, no it's, it's not deep. It's just, I think, being in the position that I am, it's very, you're, it's very sort of transient. You know, I can be basically an extra one week and Cornish Pirates the next, and I've only signed two one-year academy deals so basically my contract is up at the end of this year and it's the same for a lot of young academy guys um, I was slightly different because I came out of obviously university most people come out of school 
so I was sort of on my first year academy deal and came in with a load of the 18 year olds uh, from Exeter who I'm all sort of great mates with now because you know you, when you're kind of at the bottom of the pile all together and it's your first year that's kind of gives you a bit of a bond which is cool um, and so basically what the kind of the nature of my path has taught me is that you can never really know what's around the corner basically I could be in six months time not playing rugby ever again professionally because you know my contract's up at Exeter they don't want to offer me another contract and you know maybe no other teams or no other teams that I want to play for have have been interested and so I've got to go off and and hopefully use my university degree and uh, try and try and uh, get a normal job basically which is you know kind of what what I'm expecting what I've got half an eye on obviously I want to be you know doing my rugby I want to be you know pushing for another contract I want to be trying to do all the things that that I've been working for the last couple of years towards but at the same time um, I'm in a position where I think a lot of young guys find themselves in uh, a lot of young academy players when you know that you you know that you're at the bottom of the pecking order and you have to have other options in mind and you have to kind of start thinking about what what the the future will be if in six months time you're not playing rugby um so i think yeah. you're, you're really lucky in that regard as well that you you really made that decision to say i'm going to get a degree and i'm going to have this under my belt 100 percent, exactly and that's really important because i like, like when i spoke to ollie um earlier in the series he you know he's He's playing for Gloucester in the starting 15 now, but he's still like, I need to get a degree, and I, this is something that he wants to do, and he thinks that he needs to do. And I think it's really important for everyone to have that educational you know, platform behind you. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I don't think it's necessary to, to go to university per se, but having, you know, whether it's uh, taking a, a business course or, mm. you know, I know guys that have done like bricklaying courses or plumbing courses, um, just just something to kind of yeah just keep an eye on the future uh, definitely yeah it's a it's a a very cutthroat world the rugby world absolutely um, well looking at the future um well by the time this comes out we will already be in november and we will know who has won the rugby world cup commiserations to england um but in november you are doing movember yes that we, we just talked about yeah uh tell me what you're doing please uh so i'm going to put out to uh my instagram uh, followers, my friends, to choose my mo. Basically, that's going to be my plan. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up with something really, really hanging. Some handlebars. And I'm side definitely birds. voting handlebars. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think I'm going to give a few people some. Oh, I'm going to give. I'm going to give a couple of polls. I might uh, suggest what about, like stripes. <laughs> stripes. Oh my god. I know. Yeah. I just thought of it. I just. I'm looking. Yeah, you're, yeah, you've yeah. got a full face of hair right now. You can yeah. totally do it. Yeah. I, could I mean, it might not it. be a good look, but no, I don't think it would be a good look at all. But it's not the point. It's you know, <laughs> not the point, the point is, is raising awareness. Exactly. Uh, uh, the so, most important thing is you will be following up on all these people who are voting for whatever the the, ban- <laughs> the banter might be. You'll be following up with them yeah. to make sure that they actually do novate to what is an incredibly important cause. Yeah, definitely. Um, a friend of mine from uh, from my London Irish days, Johnny Williams, who's now I think up in Newcastle, or a guy that I played with anyway. He was recently diagnosed with um, or, uh, cancer. I think he had a, a tumor in uh, in his in his uh, testes. Uh, you know, and it's 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 an interesting and kind of quite frightening prospect that you know, no matter 
what age you are as a guy you can you can have this uh, this happen to you so um, yeah it's it's very important to to make sure that guys are well we are checking. definitely send all, all our best to him as well yeah. on his recovery yeah. so I ask this to every guest uh, that comes on onto my podcast the first question is whilst you're only 23 Jimbo um, what piece of advice would you give to maybe someone who wants to get into professional rugby that you know from your own experience you've kind of helped get 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 you through it probably the the best bit of advice that i've been given is to find mentors and to foster relationships with uh with guys that are in more experienced positions than you um, i got that bit of advice from a businessman not uh, not even a sportsman but i think it translates into lots of areas of your life uh, especially someone that isn't in your family isn't in your immediate circle you know you, um whether it's uh, you know through a family friend or uh, you know you just started a job and you've you've realised that there's someone you know who's in a higher position a position of power um, that's uh, that you get along with and you know you can talk to about things I think that's that's a massively important thing and I think you can learn a huge amount from absorbing uh, tips and life lessons from uh, from a mentor that is kind of outside of your uh, your immediate family and, and friend group I think that's a really important piece of advice and one that we haven't actually heard yet on Headstrong so that's great the final question I have is what does the word Headstrong mean to you? to me I think Headstrong means being able to stick up for yourself it's certainly something in the last couple of years that I have uh, worked on in myself trying to make sure that whether it's in training you know and, and one of the guys has kind of um, has said something or you've you've made a mistake and you know you're getting down about yourself kind of being able to stick up for yourself both mentally and uh you know verbally just making sure that you know you're not being uh, pushed over by anyone or you're putting yourself down um is a pretty important trait something that i think uh, being headstrong nicely encompasses put. nicely nicely put james thank you very very much for coming on to headstrong with me um no i think mate. it's really really interesting your, your story and route so yeah. I hope everyone has enjoyed listening to it. Um, I hope it hasn't been too boring. Cheers. <laughs> no, um, thanks very much, and best of luck for this season. And Cheers, hopefully, Luke. see you in a Chiefs shirt soon. Thank you. So that is it again for this episode of Headstrong. If you've enjoyed it, please go rate it and subscribe, and please tell all your family and friends about it. I'd love to keep getting the message out there. Now I'm going to hand over to Damien Hopley to tell you a little bit more about my official partner for this series, Restart Rugby. My name is Damien Hopley, Group Chief Executive of the Rugby Players Association. Restart is the official charity of the RPA and the charity provides crucial support to current and former professional rugby players suffering from serious injury, illness or hardship. Since 2005, Restart has invested over 1.7 million into player welfare and support by funding medical treatment, rehabilitation or disability support, financial support and emotional support by providing a 24-7 confidential counselling service and we're the only body in English rugby that invests in mental health support. One in four people in the UK will be affected by mental illness in any year. Rugby players are no exception and often the pressures and strains that act as a catalyst to mental health issues are magnified for professional athletes. Players often find it difficult to cope with the transition out of rugby, and the reality is that over 60% of players reported mental health issues post-retirement 
and over 50% of players take two years or longer to be in control of their lives post-rugby. In 2008, the Rugby Players Association and Restart launched a 24-7 telephone helpline and counselling service to provide vital mental health support to those players and families that were facing struggles. 42 current and former players accessed the confidential counselling last year. More than 140 players have accessed the counselling service over the past three seasons. Every year, Restart spends up to £60,000 on our confidential counselling service to help support our players. Without support from donors and fundraisers, Restart would simply not be able to continue this vital support for our players. Sadly, these mental health issues can lead to devastating consequences. Suicide is the biggest killer of men under 45 in the UK, and rugby players are not immune. It's great to see the players talking more openly about their mental health struggles within rugby and after they finish playing. Thank you for all your support towards Restart. Without people like yourselves, we could not help players and their families in the way that we do. So thank you all very much. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.